0: The important, really important thing here is that you are running traffic on platforms where your market is hanging out. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns.
1: Well, hello there and welcome back to Perpetual Traffic. We've got episode number 16 today, which I think is going to be a fun episode. Once again, we've got Molly Pittman, Ralph Burns, and myself, Keith Krantz. How are you guys doing? Doing well.
0: Happy to be here.
1: Alrighty, alrighty. all righty. Today's going to be a QA and a session. So we reached out in you know, both of our Facebook groups. And first of all, I want to thank you for responding to that. If you're one of the people that responded to the, to the question that we asked, uh, looking for your questions, thanks a lot. We appreciate it because it makes this show better for everybody else. So... We've got some great questions that we're just going to be running through and, and answering them on this episode. So definitely excited to, to get right into it. But uh, the last couple of weeks have been pretty crazy, pretty fun for, for all three of us. Digital Marketer and Dominate Web Media both kind of at the same time landed the same Facebook partner rep and Facebook partner manager. And the guy is just the coolest dude in the world,
2: the support and the chat and everything is yeah. just super responsive now, so I mean I think this really represents a sea change in Facebook too, because I think there was a lot of fear and paranoia maybe six months ago, especially, and probably there still is i mean we're still experiencing it right now about ad accounts getting banned and you know no nobody really knowing exactly why ads are being disapproved and so forth and I think facebook's ad platform is growing so fast, you know they were so focused on. The growth of the platform and now they're sort of taking a step back and reaching out to people who are larger advertisers and influencers, not just at like, you know, the higher agency levels or the digital marketer level, but I
1: think in general. Small businesses, brand new yeah. accounts. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Yep. yeah.
0: I think also, you know, with the rollout of the the Legion ads, it's really showing that Facebook, they are okay with direct response marketers. And mm-hmm. you know, we talk a lot about this traffic system and that you need to run traffic to content first so that your relevant score is higher and it's a better relationship. You know, we're not saying that you can't run cold traffic to a lead magnet landing page. There was a time a year ago or so where there was a Facebook slap and and they really weren't approving hardly any cold traffic campaigns to lead magnet landing pages. But if you do follow the terms of service, you can send traffic straight to a lead magnet landing page to generate leads. And I think that they're showing that too through these new Legion ads, which we can include a link to a blog post I wrote uh, last week about the Legion ads and sort of the results that we got at Digital Marketer. I think they still have a lot of work to do, uh, but I think that it's you know, really a glimpse into the future and to Facebook really supporting direct response marketers. And I think that that's great for all of us and, and you guys as listeners. They want us to use their platform, even small businesses, and they want us to make money and they want us to succeed. Um, you just have to follow the rules.
2: Yeah, and they're definitely reaching out to a small businesses. I went to an event in Boston last week, which was called Boost Your Business, and it was hosted by Facebook. And there must have been, I don't know how many people were there, but the line was like a thousand people long, not a very large place, but it was all business owners and really sort of basic questions. A lot of people were asking, and it was really reaching out to small business owners. So it's not just guys that are spending lots and lots of money on Facebook. I mean, that's a way for them to really influence a lot of their spend, but they really seem to be changing and wanting the small business owner to be able to ROI off the Facebook platform and trying to educate the public on that. So if you gave up on the Facebook ad platform four or five months ago because of your ad account or issues, it might be time to look at it again, because I think things are really changing. We're certainly seeing it on our end. And I think a lot of small business owners are seeing it on their side as well.
0: Absolutely. And our partnership with with Facebook, that only means better and and more informative information for you guys. So lots to look forward to.
1: Yeah, totally. And it helped him and you guys got to meet him in person last time that, uh, Ralph, you were in Austin and, and hopefully, uh, it sounds like we're going to get to connect with him. Um, next time we're there. And I, I didn't mull it. I gotta tell this. Cause this is like one of those things. that's like, makes you so glad you, you ended up doing it. But before he came to work at Facebook, he was doing some research and he bought the book that I co authored with Perry Marshall on facebook ads and he read the whole thing and and then our last call last week he's like hey keith so you know if you come to the office i'm gonna make sure and bring my book in and get it signed from you that's awesome so that was pretty cool so i'll I'll take a picture of that (laughs) Uh, but it's all the planets aligning now keith right it's exciting our goal for you the listener is to continue just answering your questions and using our experience to give you the best feedback we can but also if we don't know the answer you know reaching out to people like that All right, let's get right into it. So there's some great questions along the lines of what Molly was just talking about with the ungated content and stuff. So we got these questions by posting in my Facebook Ads University private group, and Molly posted in the Digital Marketer Engage private Facebook group. And we're taking the questions that we got from you. So the comments on those threads, we're going to be basically be reading them off in this episode.
2: And I think we got so many of them, we'd like to do this on a regular basis too.
1: All right, so let's get right into it. So the first one we've got is from Cole Joseph Humphus. And the question is, what does Digital Marketer do to ensure there is sufficient audience size to accommodate scaling ad campaigns? Is it lookalike audiences or spending money to free blog posts to constantly repixel and build custom audiences?
0: Yeah, great question. Yeah, Um, this
2: is more of a question to DM, but I think we could both answer this one. So go ahead. Yeah.
0: First off, when when we are targeting cold traffic through interest targeting, we like to keep each ad set, the potential audience size, between about a half a million to a million people. Um, not that you can't go outside of that. It's just really the sweet spot that we found over years of testing that allows us to avoid false positives or false negatives, um, and it also allows us to scale the campaign within that ad set and then create lookalike audiences for further scale. If you find an ad set and a group of interests that are performing really well, it's great to take those interests and put them inside of Audience Insights. Um, Audience Insights will tell you other interests that are most related to those interests And you can scale your campaign by creating new ad sets and and targeting those interests. So it's really a combination. So it's, you know, number one, making sure that you're targeting a big enough audience size off the bat that allows you for scale. And then number two, using lookalike audiences. Number three, finding other interests, most like the interests that are already converting. And then, of course, along the way, you're building your custom audiences.
2: Yeah, and I think an important part to that is the the research that you need to do ahead of time. I mean, it sort of depends on your budget. Let's say you have a $100 budget, just because I think that's worthwhile to put $5 into each ad set to test individual interests. And I think that's really important because from that, especially if you're brand new, you find out very quickly which interests resonate with your message. So we use audience insights primarily. We use a lot of other tools sort of secondary to that, but... Going into Audience Insights, which is right inside your ads manager. And let's say you're in the, you know, the coaching niche, like there would be your root keyword. So any AdWords people that are out there, the guy that actually does this for us in the agency is a AdWords guy, just like I am from seven or eight years ago. And those types of, of skills and that mindset is very helpful. So you sort of figure out like, what is my target market? Who is my target market all about? Let's say I'm, you know, selling coaching services. Maybe use coaching as your first keyword phrase and then put that into audience insights. And Facebook will spit out a bunch of other related interests that have to do with coaching, whether it's publications, organizations, events, um, you know, television shows, books, you name it. And those then you should dump into a spreadsheet and then try to organize them as best as you can based upon their similarity. And then we use the best ones that have sort of the highest relevance and the highest affinity which is also a tool that's inside Audience Insights as our first maybe 10 to 20 interests that we're going to test one interest per ad set. And if you do it that way, if you can get maybe 10 or maybe even 20 of them and start off that way, you might get 17 or 18 that are total losers, but two or three might be you know your real sweet spot. So you cut out the stuff that doesn't work and then leverage the ones that do.
1: We go even deeper into this back on episode eight, where we go into specific targeting. And we'll we'll have some great resources. We've got videos going through demos of this inside Facebook Ads University. And Digital Marketer has, uh, which which guide is it, Molly?
0: The $10 a day traffic plan.
1: Okay, perfect. You guys can go visit the show notes to check that out. But I call it the two different phases you might have a discovery period, which is that beginning. You've never advertised on Facebook. You don't know your audience. You don't know which audiences are gonna resonate. And that's when you might really start to separate out your ad sets into different target audiences like Ralph was just talking about. So you can figure out which ones are working best. And then if you're in that kind of optimization period, you might already be in that optimization period. You might already have ran campaigns before and you kind of fairly know your audience or you've just done a really good job with your target audience research. In that case, in order to really truly leverage Facebook's targeting and their really their kind of conversion based algorithm, larger audiences work better. So, like that, that's why Molly says that sweet spot of like 500,000 to a million can end up being that the best audience. You might have 1.5 million or even 2 million, and, and maybe you've got like thousands of, of opt-ins on a conversion pixel, so you've got a lot of data, and you might find that you have a larger audience that's working well. Or, or maybe you have a, a 200,000 or so audience that's, that's working very well. This is not like black or white, okay? We're just giving you a range that... we've tend to see work across the board and really it's like four or five hundred thousand to a million is kind of the sweet spot that we've all seen but just remember if you're in the very beginning phase you might be in that discovery period where you're trying to, to find out how each specific interest works in that case you might want to separate them out so you're sacrificing a little bit of performance to discover important data about those interests
2: So that actually sort of leads into one of the other questions that's here that's more about a local business, too. And when you have a local business, let's say you're in this particular case, it's Bob Carr, who is targeting like coding services and home improvement and that kind of thing in regional areas. You might have to sort of lump some interest together in order to get any sort of mass. You know, I mean, we go as low as I mean, Molly goes a little bit higher, but I mean, our our lowest metric is kind of 100,000 plus. I mean, between 100,000 and 500,000, you just know that that audience is going to burn out eventually. So we try to go higher, but sometimes the specific interests that are 100,000, 150,000 just really do work. And we know that we're going to have a limited lifetime on it. We're probably going to have to swap it out with different ad creatives and everything else. But if you are in a regional business or a local business, you might actually just, you know, if you're a gym that's in three towns, you might just target people in, you know, demographics, which might be, I I own a, a gym that caters primarily to women. Well, just target females, whatever your age range is, 20 to 64, or whatever your sweet spot is for your customer. And maybe you don't have any targeting at all. It sort of depends on your geography, your, your situation. It's no one size fits all for sure.
0: It's what's specifically unique about your audience, right? If you own a gym in a town, what's specifically unique about that audience is where they live. But, you know, if you're in the survival niche and you're trying to sell knives well, they could pretty much live anywhere, but their specific interests are around survival and guns and knives and prepping. And um, that takes a lot of research. So just make sure you put the time into it and and that you figure out what's specifically unique about your audience.
2: Yeah, Another important part is, let's say you have a store that only really has a 10-mile radius around your store. You know somebody from 25 miles is not going to Come to that store, whatever it happens to be, whatever that in that retail business is, you can use a very wide audience, but in your ad copy, you dog whistle them out. Is that a Frank Kernism? I'm not sure. I don't know. I keep using it. I keep telling it's Frank's, but you call them out in your ad. Like, you know, hey, small business owners, hey, looking for a nicer place
1: to work out. So you're calling out your exact audience. Yeah. If you're targeting a broad audience exactly. and you, you can't narrow it down right away, call them out in your ads so you're not getting wasted clicks. With the local stuff, basically, you have to realize that this is cheap. Like if you're running a Facebook ad, you're running a Facebook video ad, like instead of like TV in a local area, we're talking this stuff is so much cheaper than traditional advertising. So just go wide and, and 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 don't worry about the the interest targeting as much because your stuff is so cheap as long as you're very clear in your ad copy Uh, Let's talk about this ungated content stuff. There's the second part of this question hits on this, and I'm not sure if it's Kuchel or Kuchel. Sorry, Ryan, if I butchered your name, but his question is, how do you decide when you should be running cold traffic to ungated content and retargeting them or just send them straight to a lead magnet?
0: If you're really just trying to set up a campaign that generates a bunch of quick leads and sales, as long as your landing page is compliant, it's okay to run cold traffic to your your lead magnet landing page. If you're really trying to build more of a system and if you want a higher lifetime value customer, then you definitely want to go with a traffic system and go to the blog post first or whatever piece of content that you're giving up front to give value. I mean, we've talked about this throughout the entire podcast and you all know why it's important. It is okay to run traffic to a lead magnet landing page, but you need to make sure it's compliant and you need to really watch the relevance score because you're coming right out of the gate before you've introduced yourself to someone and you're asking them for something and they have no idea who you are. This is
1: uh, this is one that I struggle with because a lot of people, they hear us teaching this strategy and they just get stuck thinking that you can only target cold traffic with your ungated content and only warm traffic with your with your lead gen. And that's totally not the case. What you're doing here is you're, is you're layering things. So you have one campaign, your ungated content that's continually bringing cold traffic and warming them up. So you have this stuff that's perpetually turning cold audiences into warm, turning cold audiences into warm. And you might have a lead magnet campaign that is targeting the same audience. But remember, people are in different frames of mind, different positionings throughout the day. I might be at my desk, at my home office, or at my my work office, or later on in the day, I might be in line at Starbucks looking through my mobile device. So people are in different frames throughout the day, and they're also more warmed up to you. So it's okay to target a similar audience with with a lead magnet and an ungated content because some of those people are going to be ready and some of them aren't. And so that's the point.
2: You have to let the data sort of decide for you. And, you know, we have a customer, for example, that we said, oh, this is going to be ungated content all the way and then retargeting. But lo and behold, the lead magnet is actually pulling really well for us. So we've sort of backed off a lot of our budget on the ungated content side of things. And now we're focusing on retargeting them for the sale, like the lead magnet and then the sale, and then actually straight to the sale because their product is so good. So let the data sort of tell you, I think it's an outgrowth of, you know, how good your content is definitely do ungated content, but also remember that lead generation is not taboo on Facebook. I mean, why would they ever come out with a lead generation objective or a lead gen objective? It's okay to run stuff straight to a landing page. Make sure you read their policies on this though to make sure that you've got the proper links and disclaimers and you're not making you know, claims that are that are against Facebook's terms of service. So you've got to be careful there, but let the data decide as to what really converts for you. And this does require a period of testing You know, you got to pull some data. You got to spend a little money to figure out what really works. And, you know, everyone's budget is slightly different, but I think the same principle holds true.
1: Let's fire off a couple uh, kind of easier ones to answer here. I've got a good question by um, Uriah Guilford, and it is Should a beginner use the power editor? Or stick with the Ads Manager.
0: Personally, if you're just starting out, I think that you should stick to Ads Manager. Really, the benefits of Power Editor for me, at least, you know, there isn't a character limit. So when you see ads that have really long copy, uh, that's that's how that was done inside of Power Editor. You can also duplicate campaigns and ad sets. It really saves a lot of time when setting up campaigns. But if you're just getting started and you're you're really trying to get familiar with the platform I, I recommend starting with with ads manager
2: yeah or just start if you've never even done it at all just boost a post boost off post. your facebook page first because remember that's like the gateway drug into uh, you know spending more ad dollars because facebook definitely
0: that's how i started yeah <laughs> yeah
2: getting yeah. more leads and sales right which yeah. that's
1: what that's gonna turn into
2: totally you get hooked on it because you're like wow look at all those people who actually saw my ad and you You know, if you've got any sort of, I guess you would never really have tracking set up at that point, but it gets you going and gets you like your first baby step into Facebook advertising. So definitely do that. And then you can go into the ads manager. But the way that we manage stuff is really specific. We create all our ads in Power Editor and we monitor and optimize everything in ads manager. And then we use some advanced tools as well for some advanced optimization. But the thing to remember is Power Editor gives you so much more flexibility as far as ad copy and copying and editing. And then the reporting now on Ads Manager is really, really good. You can see it at a glance exactly how many leads you have, what your cost per click is. You know, you set up reporting that's you know custom for what metrics or what key performance indicators matter most to you and keep it really simple that way. So... That's how we do it and uh, it's worked out pretty
1: well. Especially if you're a brand new beginner, boost a post. And that's a question that Kai Christian asked that exact question. Does it make sense to boost a post on my Facebook page? And that's the advice that I give, we always give people is start there. Because the cool thing about that is is when you boost a post, then it automatically creates a campaign that you'll be able to see in the ads manager and the power editor. And it'll be a, the objective will be a, a page post engagement campaign. But now you can actually create a new campaign. If, for example, if you want to post a video on your Facebook page and boost it for $60, you can do that. And then next week, if I want, I can go into ads manager or power editor and create a new campaign and a website conversion campaign. And then I can use existing posts. So that one I posted a few days ago, and then I can amplify that. And so it's like it sets up a template for you when you boost a post. So it gets momentum. Okay, it gets momentum. So the point is, is that power editor gives you a lot more things that you can do a lot more features with the power editor. It's a lot faster to duplicate campaigns, ad sets, ads, et cetera, et cetera. But you want to just get started. So don't start with the power editor, boost a post. All right, great. And I've got another good question here by Andres Vernaza. Hopefully I said that right. I'm going to have a lot of people ticked off at me for butchering their names.
0: You're trying. Uh, you understand how it feels, Keith. We call you Keith Crank, so. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: you get butchered. All right. So uh, the question is, do you have an ordered list of traffic sources of digital marketer, a total of ten would be enough, <laughs> listing the top one to down to number ten. Thanks in advance, Molly.
0: <laughs> All right, great question. Um, you know, when I started buying media, I was always looking for lists of traffic sources. Um, I definitely. You know, I can tell you, of course, Facebook is our biggest traffic source. It's uh, most people's biggest traffic source uh, because there are so many users on the platform. We do use five to six different traffic sources on a daily basis with a few others thrown in. But it's really not about what we're using. The important, really important thing here is that you are running traffic on platforms where your market is hanging out. So you can't worry about where, where Digital Marketer or Dominate Web Media or any other company is running traffic because you have to run traffic where your market is so that you can get your message in front of them. There is a really cool resource from Justin Brooke at imscalable.com that we'll put in the show notes. He actually has a spreadsheet of 202 website traffic sources. So this will give you more than enough ideas and and, different traffic sources to play with and and to research to see if your market is hanging out on those platforms. But just keep in mind, you have to be using the platforms that your market is actually using. So definitely go check out that, that spreadsheet it'll be in the show notes
1: yep great answer and definitely check that out justin brooke has massive amounts of experience in tons of different media so he's speaking from experience all right we've got another great question by eric carlson okay he asked how do you like to promote e-commerce i.e a shopify store i'm rolling out a pre-sale engagement page as a test So that's a perfect question for the next episode that we've actually got with Ezra Firestone from smartmarketer.com. Ezra Firestone has sold millions of dollars worth of physical products using paid traffic like the strategies we talk about. He's also an instructor at Shopify University. So it's a perfect episode to listen to. If you have an e-commerce store, if you want to roll out an e-commerce store, and even if you have a business that's not related to physical products, the strategies that he talks about in this episode will help you think about the process that you need to put in place to have success with these products traffic sources stay tuned for that episode i know you're going to enjoy it and also we're going to be doing a few of these q a style episodes let us know if you liked it you know feel free to comment and let let us know reach out in the facebook group but if you want to join uh facebook ads university and digital marketer engage we'll have a a dollar trial coupon for you in the show notes so you can get in and and we'll post another uh, thread for the next q a so you can get your questions answered all right hope you enjoyed this episode And I will talk to you on the next one, and I'll talk to you, Ralph, and you, Molly, soon, too. See you. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.